0: Hey Crosstowners, I can't seem to do a show lately without talking about some great festival. But this is really one of my favorites because it's in my hood, number one, it's on Bayou St. John and I am walking distance from there, kind of soiled to the extent that I can walk anymore. And um, it, it's also run by a, a, what I would call a friend, even though we haven't seen each other in quite a while, who I was around when he was first putting this together. So I am extremely proud to know the guy who who it can Received in this, who took it from a little nothing burger to a monster. And um, the, the programming has always been great, but this year it seems like it's really expanded conceptually. and so I'm very excited to talk with Jared Zeller, who is the founder and um, I don't know what your title is CEO. Um, of I, like to
1: use, I like to use janitor these days.
0: <laughs> well, the CEOs are all, well, not on the upper levels, but on our level, they, you have to do some uh, janitor work too. So, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just thrilled to be talking with you. I'm sorry I haven't seen more of you. Um, Same here. I, I just want to be honest and say that I have two missions for our conversation today. One is to get the details of this year's event and make sure that uh, folks are uh, apprised of all the things that are happening, how to get their tickets, where to park, that kind of stuff. But I also am gonna pick your brains because frankly, I'm not out there as much as I used to be. And here I am representing the Creative Industries, my Creative Alliance of New Orleans. And I don't know enough about the music scene anymore. And while some of the uh, traditional players, because you know, I always say the past is not past in New Orleans, it's alive and well. And so we still have a lot of like, folks that are involved in your program and many. And, and more so, I, I also appreciate that your show is so based in our region. And I think that's really important because we know that other festivals have kind of, um, let's see, what's the right, I'm bad at metaphors. I really mess them up every time. But mm-hmm. they've, they've kind of um, taken on a, a different uh, genre that now has been prohibitive, really, for a lot of New Orleanians. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not your event. So um, so want let's, let's start with making sure that folks know what we're talking about, about the festival. And, and then I want you to talk with me and just, you know, kind of bring me up to date. Who are some of the new young geniuses of our community that are out there? Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. That sounds great. Thank you, right, for so that. Folks, Thank you for that introduction.
0: <laughs> well, I, I kind of, I have a tendency to forget to open my show. And I didn't want to forget this time because I hate having to go back and do an opening. So sure. Thanks. Darren Zeller is a cool guy. He's a good guy. He's just a good person. And, and good people running uh music large music events is not uh it's almost an oxymoron so um is this how, how do you survive doing this kind of work as a good guy oh
1: man <laughs> well there's a lot of people to please i'll say that <laughs> i mean look you know uh this is my 16th festival we call it sweet 16 that's how we started this year off as a theme and uh, while it's not the 16th year since we founded the organization and the idea, obviously because of COVID, it'll be the 16th time that we produce this festival and this footprint at that location. <laughs> so yeah. things things have gotten complicated. Um,
0: yeah, that's right. you true. know.
1: And, and I always like to remind people that first and foremost, that Bayou Saint. John is, Uh, An underutilized, underappreciated, underfunded asset. It's probably one of the most significant assets in our city and historically in the city of New Orleans. Once you dive into the history as to why New Orleans was founded and why this location, Bayou St. John, played an instrumental role, as you know, for those early explorers for trading purposes
0: yeah this is it this is the 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 native americans basically showed this guy named bienville um how to get to the city without having to go wiggle up the river and take forever and it really it it and then how to get from the bayou to the the river and and hence literally spawned the geography of our city
1: that's right. And, and, after the,
0: and I mean, after the Native Americans who right. originally spawned it. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And so it's an important trading route and it always has been. And if you look at the history of it, right, it was industrial and, and the important role it played in World War II, testing the Higgins boats. I mean, there's just great, fascinating history, right? And so our organization, you know, look, when I started this thing, I was very ambitious. I wanted to be a festival producer so badly and and promote music and art which was a hobby of mine at the time and you know Katrina comes and I got inspired as you know to use the location because of Super Sunday which is really the only cultural event that was really taking place on Bayou St John 20 years ago. That was it. Um and so that event inspired me to use the location Katrina comes and I remember being uh evacuated in Birmingham and Atlanta and and I and I saw that helicopter crash on Bayou St. John and I was like, that's it. Let's call the attorney, let's start a nonprofit, and we're coming back to New Orleans and we're gonna try to um, reinvigorate this neighborhood. And and I still believe that that Bayou Boogaloo was uh was and is a great vehicle for Promoting Bayou St. John. And I try to keep that in mind when I get bogged down on the details and when I really want to just throw in the towel, quite frankly, because it is a monumental. It's a monumental. you
0: events seems like so much fun. But when (laughs) you get down to the details, it is torture. It is
1: torture. And I don't think... Everyone appreciates how torturous it is. And look, I'm no one to blame but myself, but we are really, really trying hard to promote Bayou St. John, first and foremost. And then, as you mentioned, we hire a lot of gig workers and musicians and performers, and we have lots of artists that participate First responders. I mean, our salaries right now, between gig workers and our very small core team, you know, is over four hundred thousand dollars a year, and that's not a small amount of money. You know, I mean, it doesn't include all our contractors and other fees and permits and taxes and all that stuff. But you look, you know, I think that we also contribute to the economic impact of the city. We do some studies every couple of years with the University of New Orleans to see what we're doing economically. And so I like to kind of always just remind people, like those are the bigger things that we are really doing other than promoting art and culture. There, there's some big, bigger things that I think we contribute. And sometimes those things get lost. And so I like to remind people that uh, even if you're not a fan of the festival or it's an inconvenience, for you, if you live in the neighborhood, I understand. I live near Jazz Fest. <laughs> you know, I get it. It's it's sometimes uh, it's 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 hard to deal with the inconveniences, but I like to remind people that it's once a year. It's really about promoting Bayou St. John. We have some far-reaching goals that we'd like to um, uh, talk to people about. We we incorporated uh, where well, we commissioned a group last year to do a. A visioning study for the Bayou between Lafitte and Esplanade, and those, those that study is on our website bayousaintjohn.org. And um, you know the the Bayou, uh, from a recreational standpoint, has not been touched. The infrastructure since the Works era. We're talking about almost a hundred years since somebody said. Hey, you know, let's, let's invest a little time and, and capital into improving this space. So that's kind of where we are in our organization after 16 years is going, hey, <laughs> the festival's great, but we need to highlight some capital and infrastructure projects that will improve um, access to the bayou and usage and safety and things like that. Um, so that's my pitch on our far reaching goals. And then we you can know, get I, to the
0: to. I, I wanna, I wanna uh, uh, ha- hang on to this for a minute because yeah. you've touched um, a big fat nerve in my system. Yeah. Uh, right now, the federal government has made a commitment to infrastructure and relief unlike any thing since the WPA, which you referred to as the last time there were structural improvements on the Bayou. And what people, for some crazy reason, considering how much we give lip service to culture, Mm -hmm. there doesn't seem to be any entity collaboration Or, or even individuals that hopefully they are some that I just don't know about, who are pushing for our legislators and our influencers with the federal government, i.e. lobbyists and all these corporate concerns who know how to get things done in Washington, who are paying attention to the fact that During WPA, the last time a lot of infrastructure was done, no project was done without culture and arts. Mm -hmm. I grew up in the South Bronx, up half a block away from a massive post office that had been built pretty much just before I was born. And it had these huge murals, the very famous, WPM murals showing people working. That was one of the things that I loved about it. It was all about us. Absolutely. um, All the architectural detail, and then not too far away up the Grand Concourse, which I lived, which is where I lived off. I lived between the Grand Concourse and Walton Avenue on 149th Street, which was just a great big traffic, you know. Mess. I probably have suffered respiratory because of where I grew up. But at the other end of the Grand Concourse at 161st Street is a huge courthouse with all kinds of frieze sculptures on the outside, murals on the inside, architectural details. Look at our capital in Louisiana. Look at every school that was built during that period. All of the detail in City Park, and no one here Jared is talking about making sure that some of that infrastructure funding goes into the creative sector and into infrastructure that relates to our culture. And what we've been trying to preach, my nonprofit organization, Creative Alliance of New Orleans, as you know, has been about people understanding, not just the beauty of art of all disciplines, you know, performing, visual, media, design, literary, culinary, but also the incredible economic impact and value. And if anybody thinks that we're gonna still be doing fossil fuels 20, 30 years from now, they're crazy and they are missing the boat as we have done before. We missed the the beginning of the jazz age. And now we are looking at a time when we have to find, other things for people to do. I'm not even going to talk about AI. I'm going to pretend that doesn't exist. I was <laughs> trying very hard to pretend it doesn't exist. And now I know I'm going to have to deal with it. But let's yeah. leave it aside for a minute because nobody really knows what, what that's going to do. But the creative sector is so important. And here we have all this money coming down. And we're not chasing after it for creative infrastructure. Empty right. schools—we're just going to give them away to developers to, to sell us more apartments and have a lot of people living here that don't have enough cultural assets, um, schools, old warehouses, um, you know, uh, bridges—the uh, bridge over the bridges over there uh, over by Saint John, um, launches. I don't know all the ideas that you probably have about how to build yeah. better infrastructure for access and use of it, but. You know, we've gotta we've gotta get ourselves together really fast because
2: yes. that, that,
0: that yes. train is about out of the tunnel or that boat is about off the dock. And if we don't chase after it, we're crazy. So I'm sorry, I just had to get on my little rant no. there because it's so important. And I've been really? talking to people and talking to people and talking to people. I don't have the time or resources to organize this, Jared. You've right. got to get some of your guys that are out there who I don't know who's gotta have more resources than me, because I got none right now. So <laughs> to really to chase this because the value of it to what you do, what our neighborhoods do. I'm I'm a person who is very concerned about live music outdoors. I don't want it next door to me, quite frankly, and I have it and it's driving me nuts. But mm-hmm do want it in every neighborhood in the city of New Orleans. And we have parks, we have waterways, we yeah. have empty lots, we have empty buildings where live uh, entertainment, live cultural events can be staged without punishing a neighbor. And yeah. I think that we have to plan this and do it. I tried to get that into the last time they changed the regs and I didn't go, I was just a little too late and uh, Elston, uh, Ethan Elston uh, had had gotten a lot done and and they were very happy with what they had. It, it's not sufficient, but it was too late for me to try to get this whole big plan going, but yeah. I, I ask you uh, and I ask anybody else listening to this show. Let's get together, first of all, on this infrastructure issue and then let's look at our city and our neighborhoods. Is over there's really over 100 of them there are about 70 that have been recognized so far but there are more than that now right. um, make sure that every single one of them with all their unique characteristics gets some attention as what you're doing with Bayou St. John and Absolutely. I know you've got some neighbors who probably don't love having a whole weekend of right. music and, and cars but as you said it goes away and it has a value How do you translate the value of your event into value for the Bayou? Are you contributing some portion of your uh, resources for the development that you wanna see happen?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, as you know, putting on an event like this is a huge risk. And the city of New Orleans, we are so blessed that entrepreneurs, and nonprofits and Mardi Gras crews and festival organizers, we take all the risk on creating these events for the city of New Orleans, right? We pay all the security, all the first responders, all the talent. All the infrastructure that's built, it's not just us. It's every one of these organizations, the nonprofits out here and the, the profit-seeking things. The city really doesn't have to contribute a lot to this financially, right? And the city gets the benefit. And, and I've been telling people that for years that you know we take a lot of the risk on promoting culture here um and 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 with these events and bringing visitors to town um our event um is super risky anything outdoor is risky <laughs> we are not flush with money but what we did last year is we commissioned uh a, a national award winning landscape architecture firm to help put together a visioning study for us
0: and wow, i didn't
1: know that we did and we and and like you just the mentioned, firm? It's called Scape Landscape Architecture. They have offices, of yeah. They have offices here and New York, and probably one other city. But you know, they we have some neighbors that work for the firm, and um, they were really instrumental in helping us get this off the ground. So we invested in the study because, like you mentioned, the infrastructure money is go- is going to flow, and if we're not prepared for it, we won't get any. And And you
0: know what? It's getting late. It's getting about eleven o'clock. That's right.
2: That's right.
0: We got to jump on this. And um, I wish I didn't have the responsibilities I have right now. I have a husband who had a terrible accident from something called unintentional. I must have just hit the wrong button. I must have just hit the wrong button. So I was just saying that um, we we really uh, well. I kind of jumped out of it, but. We have an opportunity right now to channel some of that funding. I can't you know, run this thing because I just don't have the resources. So it has to be a real collaborative kind of not hierarchical situation where a lot of us get together and push this. The CRN yeah. group you may have heard of, I think that they are trying to promote a more collaborative spirit amongst all the arts organizations in the city. And it sounds like you've been doing that also. So we just have to really kind of, have a particular focused session and develop a a kind of real quick short term we're not talking about an elaborate strategic plan but just a quick marketing strategy for for making sure that and you know what I think that um, the new tourism commission leadership uh, Walt Legere I think we could sign him up Um, I think we could sign up the folks at the Arts Council, there's kind of new energy in there, some young folks, Mm -hmm. Sarah Woodward has joined it, and and Joycelyn, who's always been such a dedicated uh, supporter of the arts, is is in a leadership position. So, And people on that board, I think, care. Um, And then all of the institutions, the Contemporary Arts Center is, is always going through its own um issues trying to you know stay afloat in a city that doesn't quite still understand what it does even though we've been at it for 50 years now uh coming up but um and and Noma and Ogden and so on um we we've got to, we've got to, I'm sorry to get on my my. no uh,
1: it's you're right and look our, our focus about this but our our focus is you know really Bayou Saint John and we are in talks with, it's a complicated piece of property (laughs) there's lots of stakeholders Uh, the levy district is still involved it's a non-flood asset for them the city of new orleans property management's involved the state's involved sewage and water boards involved there's a lot of stakeholders here because there's a lot of infrastructure so can you imagine dealing with all of those agencies and, and city departments to try to do anything on the bayou is super complex and it should not be. And, and look, there are some, some directors of some of our departments here that are on board with this and want to help untangle the mess that we have because there's a lot of hands in the pot. And without a real governing authority um, for the for the bayou, it's it, it, people just we just point fingers at one another instead of working collaboratively to figure it out. Um, I mean,
0: the, the French Quarter of all places, that's such a crazy place. They have um, infrastructure for working uh, together. The CBD with the Downtown Development District has an organization that um, actually was able to pass a property tax to support what they're doing, right? Yeah, right. Um, there are districts in the Uptown, um, in the uh um garden district in the lakefront area it's kind of i hate to say it but when you when i reel off those names it sounds like it's places where they have some money (laughs) right right money and
1: money and influential people that want to get involved and look this area we have that here actually i mean bayou st john is a sought-after neighborhood and look at Bancroft along the bayou. I mean, the wealthiest people in town live, <laughs> you know, near the bayou there. And so there's certainly the folks that to help. And, and there just hasn't been an, um, a real uh, concise plan or organization that's with some cohesion to get things done. And look, I'm not arguing that we're that organization. I, we're, we have limited capacity and small dollars. But, but you
0: took it on.
1: We're kicking the ball, and, and we'll see where it lands. I'm hoping that uh, our efforts are going to get the attention uh, of some council members and and some legislators to help us with Bayou St. John. A friend of mine in the neighborhood here is running for state rep Like, I just need some support here, (laughs) you know, and I think we can make it happen. But it had to start with some type of visioning study. We commissioned that. And now we're in the process of taking surveys from the neighbors and really engaging and doing some outreach to get feedback. And look, there's not a plan in place. There's a study. And so let's take it to the next step. Let's get a plan. I got a call a couple of weeks ago from Design Workshop who is uh, the the firm that is putting together the, the the master plan for the parks for the city? And they called and they're, said,
0: "They're first rate." Right. I went to their meeting in Treme and I was are. impressed with the uh, principals.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and and I was so glad that they called and said, "Hey, who do you think should manage by St. John?" I said, "Well, that's a tough question because there's not a funding source." <laughs> You know, so, like you mentioned, until we can figure out how to get some villages or something or some infrastructure dollars, I'm not sure how it's going to get funded. But, um, Jared, I, want to, hope- I,
0: mm-hmm. I just want to mention, and you may not be able to pull this off, but because it is hard, it's not easy. But most of the time, when people have really sourced substantial funding for areas of a city, it is through a millage. And so that's that's how that's how Ron Foreman built Audubon Zoo and all his other properties with it. Um, That's how, again, the DDD was able to source funding for uh, getting the kind of services and again, infrastructure that was needed there and so on. I mean, this is, you know, uh, other cities that I've worked. I worked in New York. In the lower Manhattan area, and um, it was a millage. You know what they did there? Actually, it was very interesting. They secured the rights from the state of giving property owners in the entire kind of financial district tax incentives, tax forgiveness mm-hmm. for developing their properties, especially if and inviting newbies to come in and get that benefit. Mm-hmm. So, it's hard to get, it's hard to do, but you know what? Your Bayou St. John neighborhood has a lot of very strong organizational people in it. Really do. For yeah. example, somebody like Lisa Amos, I'm putting yeah. her on the spot. That's right, that's right. <laughs> she was the chairman of Cano when we first started. 15 years ago, Jared, I got a couple of years on you. No, not the same, really. Yeah. When you did that, we, that's when we formed Cano, but... Um, you got people there who have some organizational um, experience under their belt. And so Absolutely. it's just my thought that maybe that's a way to go. It's, it's not easy, but there's nothing that you can do that would generate more income. When I was looking at what other cities were doing to, to help their um, eco- creative economies, St. Louis, I found, had a, had a property millage that was generating guess how much a year?
1: For a, wow.
0: huh?
1: for, for, a, for a specific neighborhood
0: for for a specific neighborhood no for the whole city for cultural
1: oh wow for
0: cultural <laughs> stuff
1: i have no idea i'd be guessing
0: <laughs> 40 million dollars wow 40 million dollars take a look at californians for the arts californians for the arts it's kind of like uh we have a state cultural organization but you see what they're doing and it will it will slap your face and tell you, okay, we, we have a lot to do and we've just got to pull, pull together. And I really do think that CRN is the model for pulling together and, and we just have to build on that and help those guys. They've been kind of spending a lot of time trying to figure out how to, get, how to go forward. Um, if you're not involved with them you you should be and um, yeah we'll take a look
2: at that
0: all right so we've been on our you know our organizational thing (laughs) let's let's talk about your event I don't want to lose sight and and lose my totally Uh, uh, working in the behind the scenes stuff Um, tell me about your talent this year one tell me about what I think are new things, and I may not have been paying close enough attention to what else you were doing, but the comedy thing seems kind of new, mm-hmm. and um, some of the um, I don't know some of the other things that I can't even remember right off the top of my head. But um, you've got some new stuff.
1: We do, and and we we strive every year to 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 add some new programming element that keeps it fresh, keeps it interesting. And look, we went through the pandemic, you know, so managing the budget right and so um we dropped one of our, our, our bigger stages our music stages last year actually when we came back after the pandemic we said hey how can we pull this off first of all we had a very large grant from the government which we'll never get again <laughs> that was a one-time shot we all know that and uh we probably
0: state or feds. what's that which government state feds or city
1: oh the federal government yeah it was uh as part of the COVID. um uh leaf package and uh yeah a lot of nonprofits and specifically arts organizations uh got in producing producers got some some they they actually funded us it was it ended up being three quarters of our 2019 operating budget was wow. a one-time grant yeah, to come wow. back we had we had to spend it on the festival unfortunately we couldn't <laughs> we couldn't save any of it right that was part of it is you had to use the dollars so we did that and came back last year. But w- my point is, we 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 came back as smart as we could. Though we lost two hundred thousand dollars last year, <laughs> we we got we bumped the stage down. And so we're always trying to figure out, like, how do we how do we keep it interesting without breaking the bank? So instead of you know paying production on a big music stage and having lots of talent, say, hey, what can we do that's interesting that wouldn't cost as much? and still do something diverse and different. And so one of our team members promotes local comedians and, and some he promotes some, uh, some regional uh, comedians. And so um, we're lucky enough to have him. He brought the idea up and I said, hey, that sounds super interesting. Wow, we don't promote that. comedy enough in this town. Um, what a great mental health relief for all of us, right? <laughs> uh, you know, So you can't
0: laugh right now, man. You're in trouble.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. So so we added a comedy stage. It's going to be two and a half days of comedy. And so basically what's going to happen is our main stage is at Orleans Avenue. And when that stage takes a break, the comedy stage will kind of alternate or flip flop. So people can and it also forces people to kind of move around a little bit. You know, sometimes you can get stuck in one spot at an event and we like people to move around and and so we'll alternate that stage um another thing that we implemented this oh, year wait,
0: its a separate stage for it's, the, a, comedy it's a, or the same one
1: it's a separate stage it's okay. actually a tent
2: oh
0: so okay
1: it's a it's a comedy tent oh, it's located yeah. um along the bayou closer to the lafitte greenway uh-huh. so on the lafitte side is where the comedy tent will be
0: yeah lafitte uh, is another unexploited asset right
1: It is. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's where we connect to the Bayou, but, you know, the Greenway had $10 million in infrastructure dollars to get started. So, you know, just think if we could get that for the Bayou. Um, But yeah, you know, there's a lot of good stuff happening at Lafitte. Um, So in this year, we're also implementing something called the it's 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 a group called the Dome Collective, and they did some art installations as part of Lunafet. And it, what's the park down by the convention center? Little small park down there. Um, I
0: know. Andrew Higgins.
1: I, I forget what it's called. But anyway. I
0: can't remember my own last name sometimes. <laughs> Go there, ahead.
1: there was an installation during Lunafet. And so yeah, we that was super interesting. And basically it's a silent disco. So you put on some headphones and there's some DJs and it's kind of an interesting thing. And there's some projectors, but it's a, it's just geodesic dome and it's kind of an interesting installment. So we're going to have that this year. That's new for us. Um, we also are going to have a crawfish eating contest. Um, you know, I reached out to Ian McNulty a couple of years ago, one of our board members. And I said, Ian, what can we do? Like I wanted to do a, a food demo stage or something. And, and Ian said, Hey, well, you know, it's crawfish season. So if you're going to do anything, you know, base it around crawfish. So we just kind of took that and we were going to, we were in a contract with a national firm that does, you know, the, the, the Oscar Meyer eating contest and all those things, but those are big dollars and it attracts big talent. And I said, you know, I think let's crawl. So we're, we we we're doing it ourselves. We had a p- preliminary round a couple of weeks ago. So we'll have our final round on Saturday on the Orleans stage. So we have the the contestants that qualified in the preliminary round competing, as well as uh, some celebrities, so, local celebrities. So uh, so that'll be kind of fun and different.
0: How come I didn't get invited to be a crawfish eater? Not that I- didn't <laughs> have, Well, I can
1: we might know. still be looking for somebody, Gene. So Uh-oh. we'll Should talk.
0: Open my mouth. <laughs> we'll
1: talk. Yeah, well, you know, if you've never seen one of these contests up and in person, um, it's interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, the, whole, the whole process of, of how you eat a crawfish is so uh, amazing. And uh, it's one of the things that locals enjoy the most teaching people from elsewhere because Absolutely. you know they don't know how to do it. And yeah. you know by the time you get finished with them, they will be able to do it. And you've taught somebody this treasure of That's a right. culinary practice Absolutely. from the Bayou's of Louisiana.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, during Jazz Fest this year, I had a crawfish boil and we have a big party and people come by and and uh, yeah, I remember teaching my friends kids for the first time to eat them. It's, it is something great that we pass on. It's pretty fun. So, but uh,
0: Cajun dancing, that's the other one, right? What's that? The, along with Cajun dancing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Another right. treasure
0: of a local habit that we share with people absolutely
1: so you know from a program programming perspective those are our, our newer things that we have this year um also there's a barge building contest so anybody that makes a a handmade or homemade barge will be automatically entered into that contest um you know the, the what what makes us unique i was on uh newell norman show this morning and uh, he, he asked, and he kind of drilled in on uh, the water element being so unique to our event. And he's absolutely right that we're, how many urban bayous are there in the country? First of all, let's ask that question. And then it's
0: probably more than we think, because you probably have a few in Alabama and even right, in right. Florida, but um, they're not as um, culturally uh, rich as ours.
1: Yeah, right. Absolutely. And certainly the history uh, of this location. But um, but yeah, so to be well, able to join an event in a canoe, a kayak or whatever, it's just something really different and unique. I mean, you can argue that French Quarter Fest is the biggest thing that happens on the Mississippi River in New Orleans, and that's probably true. But you don't get in that water, right? And so this is kind of unique. It's a neighborhood, local, community thing that I think a lot of folks take a lot of pride in. And so, but it does separate us, I think from a lot of events is is this water element and being in it. Um, so we take a lot of pride in that. And, and certainly um, there's a lot of liability associated with that. So over the years, we have had to change how things happen there on the water. I mean, from a liability standpoint, <laughs> It's gotten very interesting with insurance, as you could only imagine. Um, and so we had to take more control over the waterway and get a marine permit. And our insurers are like, hey, you have to do everything you do, can do to mitigate your risk here. So um, you have to have a water ticket. Um, it's the same price as a land ticket, but there is a $2 environmental fee that we charge on the water ticket just to clean up the bayou when we're done our goal is always to leave it better than we find it uh, and we take that very seriously my favorite part of the festival you're going to think this is kind of crazy but my favorite part of the festival is cleaning up the the things that at the end of it because (laughs) at that it's, it's nuts right but it's the, it's the point in time where nobody's asking me for anything. <laughs> and it's just me and the cigarette butts or the zip ties left on the ground <laughs> and, and the Canadian geese coming back, right? And so-
0: Oh my gosh, how is that oh, right? Yes. <laughs> I love that. So you know what, would you please remember Uh, We do a section in our our line newsletter. I don't know if you get to see it. It's so much fun. I really hope you do. But um, if we call it scenes, Crosstown Scenes, Crosstown Conversations is the name of the show. And uh, by the way, you should advertise on our show. We need support. We have to talk about that later. I forgot about that.
1: Okay.
0: (laughs) it's not for our public conversation, but um, but um, I would love some pictures of the cleanup and the Geese coming back and, and things like that, not just your usual talent sh- uh, shots, which I wouldn't yeah. mind, but I like shots that are more sort of, you know, people, natural um, uh, information. So, all right, now let's just talk a little bit about talent because we are going to start running out of time. Yep. Uh, you up the whole show, which is what I intended. <laughs> uh, we've covered a lot of territory, important uh, territory, but um, talent.
1: Yes. So talent, we have for the first time ever, we have juvenile performing
0: Love
1: it. and we're excited about that you know he didn't perform at jazz fest this year he's a local icon right a, a rap and hip-hop artist that he's made- one of the
0: originators and that's so important people forget Absolutely. about the originators
1: yeah so we're excited he's excited his whole team is excited he's he's kind of you know reinventing himself he's he launched a a collaborative beer with urban south brewery it's called juvie juice and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's really, it's a take on Arnold Palmer, Palmer, which is what he enjoys drinking. So they made a, I think it's a hard uh, tea or something like that. And so that product is going to be featured wow. out at the festival. Um, so that's awesome. I, I happen
0: to be a Palmer uh, fan. So uh-huh. how do you say it again? Arnold Palmer. Arnold. Uh-huh. Palmer. I yeah. haven't been out there that I, since Tana's accident, which was, not caused by anything like that. It was a, a unintended acceleration, if you know what that means. But um, we just, we haven't been drinking at all. It's just something about what we're going through. But yeah. um, I love, I love Auditor Palmers. It's a typical thing for me to do. So I'm really, how do you spell Judy Juice?
1: It's Juvie Juice. So I think it's J-U-V-V-I, if I'm not mistaken. J-U-V-V-I,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Juvie Juice. So our Orleans stage is called the Juvie Juice stage, actually. I love
0: it.
2: Uh,
1: he's, he's collaborated with Urban South Brewery, a local brewery who's doing great, great things, putting out lots of products. I think they expanded to Houston. So something to be proud of is a brewery that started here and it's growing. Um, so we're happy to be partners with them as well. Um, we also have a group, uh, a Psychobilly group from- um, Oh, what? A Psychobilly group, a rockabilly group, uh, Reverend Horton Heat is performing. He's from Dallas, Texas. It's kind of known as the godfather of Psychobilly music. I have never seen him live. What's
0: Psychobilly music? You know, I I guess
1: rockabilly is probably the best way to describe it. You know, Um, it's probably a cross between rock and roll and swamp pop and grunge music, I'm guessing. You know, so it's interesting. And uh, I'm ex- you know, people are excited about him. We also have the Yonder Mountain String Band from uh, the Yonder Mountain String Band. It's a bluegrass band from Colorado uh, that nom- was nominated for a Grammy in 2021, I believe. So uh, they don't get to this area very often. So those are kind of probably a big, you know, headliners, if you will. But I get most excited about the local music uh, uh, myself. The Rumble, uh, Mardi Gras Indian group will be here. Boyfriend, a kind of a new, um, new, I don't even know how to explain Boyfriend's genre. I mean, it's it's rap cabaret is what she calls it. (laughs) Rap cabaret. Rap cabaret, yeah. So there's a little drama there and she writes her own music. She covers some stuff. Her costumes are amazing. Uh so and she plays with some of the revivalists. So she typically has a really good band backing her, uh, which is exciting. Uh Iceman Special is performing two sets, um, a local um, I would call them probably a jam band, I guess, but with local roots. They also are instrumental in putting together the uh Fete du Void out in Oak. Oakville, Louisiana. Oak. Uh-huh what i forget the oakdale from oakdale
0: fat what
1: from oakdale louisiana
0: i know but fat fat oh fat devoid a oh, fat devoid that devoid okay i great so let me just ask you this question because you could go on with the talent and anybody could go to the website tell me what the website address is again
1: The the website is thebayouboogaloo.com. The? The Bayou Uh, Okay. And Boogaloo
0: is spelled B-O-O-G-A-L-E-E?
1: It's B-O-O-G-A-L-O-O. Boogaloo. Of course, Boogaloo. Boogaloo. Okay. So, So that term, that term came from the Puerto Rican
0: community in New York. Right. I love it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I can see how that could be like bada bing, bada boom, New York. Right.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: So, 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 uh, answer this quick question for me. It's not a quick question, but uh, it's going to have to be at this point. Let's see. Yeah. Um, How would you characterize the present day? music scene in the city of New Orleans as compared to say, I don't know, 20, 30 years ago, pre-Katrina, whatever you want to use as a landmark time, but you know, it's evolved. Uh, The the art scene has evolved here. The design scene has evolved. We are killing it. And I really, I'm trying to do a marketing initiative Mm -hmm. to Mm-hmm. Make sure that more people locally and regionally and beyond understand how much we're killing it, because we are yeah. in all in all categories. So how, how, would good, you, how, how would you describe how it's evolved?
1: Well, that's a really good question. And um, I'm not sure I'm qualified to answer it. But it, just a couple of seconds, I had to think about it, as you, as you mentioned this. You're absolutely right, though. I mean, if you look at Big Frida, Tank and the Bangas, and the Revivalists, I mean, those local groups in no time have been just putting New Orleans on the map really recently by reaching new audiences, doing collaborations with Beyonce. I mean, that's pretty big stuff. And if you look at Big Frida in particular, like, creating her her own genre. I mean, it's pretty phenomenal, right?
0: And- and Uh, I think so. When the first time I saw Tank and the Bangers was at a New Orleans Entrepreneur Week social event. And I was blown away and I immediately booked them on my radio show Had the whole band on, and they were just, they were a riot. They were just, every one of them is so talented. And I follow, in fact, one of your shows that I made a point of coming to was one where they were performing, yeah. and um, I, I just they're incredible big Freedia I went to one of her early events. Yeah, at a warehouse in, um, I guess, let's see how would I, I sort of ninth ward is near the railroads I don't remember where the hell it was it was all the way down there. And um, uh, it was. I mean, just jaw dropping, right? She's just jaw yep. dropping. I'm not as familiar with the revivalists.
1: Revivalists are a rock band out of New Orleans. And I remember we booked them probably 10 years ago. Um, and now they're probably one of the biggest rock bands in the country. Like, you know, certainly not, uh, you know, Rolling Stones level, but I mean, just, to be from New Orleans and be touring and, and commanding what they're commanding in terms of uh, fees to hire them, we can't afford them anymore. And I'm so proud of that because I remember when we could, right? And this is true for a lot of the artists that we that we have booked at the festival as the ones I just mentioned. It was so nice to present them. But then when we can't afford them, it's like, oh, boy, and that stinks. But I'm so glad that they took off and we can't yeah. afford, them, which is okay, because there's a new crop of people coming behind it. And, and I mean, and I think everybody is super proud of John Baptiste, I, I think we were really- Oh lit- my
0: God, freedom. I mean, we oh, no, were I, like- sent, I sent his video out to the universe. I was so blown away by freedom. Freedom to me is one of the most authentic music videos ever done in the city of New Orleans.
1: Yeah, I agree. And we were like, who's gonna carry the torch And I think we found who that guy is, you know, the Fats Domino, the Alan Toussaint of the world, like who's going to be that person that can write music and do things inspiring and creativity. And that guy has it all. And And goodness knows
0: we need them because unfortunately, and I'm speaking here as a senior uh, too many, uh, their time has come. And, um, and so it's kind of a little bit for someone like me who. You know, it has to pick up the newspaper and see yet another of my buddies, you know who have um, gone on the other side and so uh, yeah it's critical for these new folks to come in. But that's why I'm so excited about what you do because again, I I have to be, you know, I don't get out that much. So I, I have to really get the help in knowing exactly what's going on. And so I really appreciate you taking the time to- And look, Gene. I
1: don't make it out that much either. I'm relying on folks younger than me, right? To bring it yeah. to me. And I will give you a little tip. There's a group that I saw um, actually at NOMA. They did a collaboration with NOMA. They're called People Museum. They did, They I, I think they got some funding and did a collaboration with NOMA And so uh, it's super interesting. The music, it's like, even if the music didn't call to me personally, because I really like Indian and Mardi Gras funk, and that's my personal choice in music, but I went to see this show at Noma outdoors under a big sculpture, and I see what they were up to, and I'm like, oh, yeah, these guys are going to be big. So People Museum, I would put that on your list. I, I,
0: I just put that on my list. Now, yeah. I'll just a couple for you that you probably already know about. And, and actually, the one group, which is a combo derived from the New Orleans Orchestra that plays with, you know, with Adonis Rose up at the, um, mm-hmm. the, the club on um, uh, Castle Haley. Um, and I, I don't know if they have a name or not, but I love them to death. And um, I also um, am crazy about um, uh, Mahmoud. Do you know about Mahmoud? Oh he yeah, does, he does this—you know, Moroccan uh, yeah. funk jazz music that I think is fantastic. And that's another thing that I think is happening. We're getting, you know, post Katrina, we keep getting this infusion of um, international talent. That's Absolutely. Together. you know what I just looked at the clock and I am definitely over, and I can't believe we've gotten through the whole out. Uh, am I over completely okay, we started at twelve thirty eight and it's now one twenty five i am mean, so bad at math I
2: mean,
0: <laughs> do i have I have just a twelve thirty five I have so yeah, so I theoretically I have about ten minutes left to yeah. the show, but you know what I want to do for that yeah. can you can you send me a little um, audio on one of your acts that that is uh, uh, important for you or maybe a rehearsal sure. uh, music that you have and I will plug that into the show so okay. that'll, that'll be our closing uh, okay. uh, the closer. You, you just so, need,
1: you need audio right yeah okay, okay. Um,
0: tickets how do people get tickets
1: yeah tickets go to thebayouboogaloo.com um, we have QR codes posted all over the neighborhood. You literally just go scan it with your phone and it'll go to the ticket page. If you Google Bayou Boogaloo, you're gonna, we're going to come up first. You're going to get to it there. Um, we have also, we're doing collaborations with nonprofits and some of our partners where they receive a percent of uh, the tickets, the proceeds by using their individual promo code to help them raise money. They get to share it with their constituents and supporters, and they get a percentage of the proceeds. So we have these interesting partnerships just to try to build community. So um, Son of a Saint, for example, just put out a newsletter today, and so did the Lafitte Greenway. So we encourage nonprofits to, to partner with us to help sell, a, help sell tickets, and they can get a percent of the proceeds. So if anybody's interested in that you know, for next year, certainly get in touch with us.
0: Okay, um, and I, I, I would like to do that. Uh, and uh, also for our organization, which I didn't really know about that. But um, uh, Jared um, Zeller, uh, now you understand folks, why I said at the beginning of the show that this is a good guy, I mean, seriously <laughs> good guy, because look how he's, he's taking his private, his personal passion for music and festivals and turned it into something that he really intends to help the neighborhood and the city. Jared, thank you so much. Have a blast. I hope it's a great success as always. And, um, crosstowners, be sure and check it out. Okay. This is Gene Nathan. This is Crosstown Conversations. Uh, See you later. uh, Thank you. Bye.